welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Revolutionary Woman podcast. As you may or may not know, I had a bad accident last month that prevented me from doing any recording or airing episodes. I appreciate your support and patience as I continue to recover from my fall. With that being said, I am excited to be back and share more stories of revolutionary women. So here we go. My guest today is Anina Sandberg. Anina is the founder of Visit Natives, a travel agency that promotes sustainable indigenous tourism in Tanzania, Norway, and Papua New Guinea. Anina has a passion for exploring indigenous cultures. She has an MA in African Studies. Hi, Anina. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you this morning? Or actually afternoon by you, right? <laughs> yes, thank you. It's afternoon for us. I'm very fine. And how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. Okay, so let's get started. Um, so you grew up in Finland. What part of Finland did you grow up in? Uh, actually, I'm from uh, not central, southern central. Okay. I was uh, born in a like uh, a small, uh, let's say, small village. Okay. And what was it like for you growing up in that small village? Well, it was very. I think it was very safe. I had a great childhood, and we had like you know living in a small village. But I always knew that I wanted to go out to get out of there to mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. I, I already when I started to study in high school I moved out to the bigger city oh okay so I read that you've always been interested in African cultures and languages since you were a child um what was it about African cultures that interested you um this is very good question because I I don't know why mm-hmm. since I was a child I mm-hmm. had this deep interest into Africa and since I was a very, very young, my mother still tells me that I, I continuously talked about Africa. Hmm. And when I started to, um, when I learned to, to read, mm-hmm. I read all the Tarzan books and hmm. I was always playing in my backyard about these. Um, you know, I was playing Tarzan. I was never chained. I was always <laughs> <laughs> Tarzan. Uh-huh. And yeah, I don't know. It was like, it was there's no reason. I don't mm. know. It has just been so clear. It hasn't been Asia or any other place. It really? has always been Africa. Yeah. Well, did you know anyone who had traveled? Did you know anyone from your family or anyone around you who traveled to Africa? Um, at that time, no. But oh, okay. I later discovered that <laughs> my uncle actually oh. had, had been there. But it didn't influence me because I discovered it later. Oh, okay. Okay, so you went to university, you enrolled to study African studies and received an MA yes. as an African researcher. What was your goal achieving that Master of Arts degree? Um, it was like, I don't know, because I had this interest, but I had studied like a one year and I realized I studied Swahili, the Swahili mm. language, uh-huh. uh, because it's like a lingua franca in Eastern Africa. Mm-hmm. And I started to think, how, how can I study a language? How can I study cultures? Mm-hmm. From in, I mean, about African studies when I never been to that continent. Right. So immediately after my first year, I applied to volunteering program uh-huh. to go to Tanzania, because for me, it was so important to get to the Africa. So I studied only one year and then I moved to Tanzania for one year. Yeah, I read that you went to live in Tanzania among the Maasai. Why did you 
want to live among the Maasai, and why why that culture? Yeah, it was funny because I never went to live with the Maasai. Actually, oh, I went okay. to do. It, yeah, it was a voluntary work with uh, women, uh-huh. and it was a local NGO. And I uh-huh. went there, and I, um, I've never been to Africa. Uh-huh. I took a bank loan, student loan, oh, wow. to finance my travels. Uh-huh. So there was a little bit pressure from my side because I took a loan, and mm-hmm. then I went there, and nothing was happening. Mm. And one week passed, second week passed, and I was just sitting and waiting for what will happen. Mm-hmm. So I realized maybe I have to take the control about the situation by myself. Mm-hmm. So when I was sitting in the NGO's office, mm-hmm. I saw Maasai men coming and women come out and in. And I was wondering, um, I was so interested in the, you know, these red sugars in their clothes and you know, there was something that, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I was so curious. And then I asked them, why this Maasai come to this office so mm-hmm. often? They say there is a local human rights NGO like organization um, that is run by the Maasai. And then ah. I knew it. I will go there. Wow. And they said, yeah, they have to talk with the elders. Mm-hmm. And they sent like three old men to meet me mm-hmm. in that village. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and they well, said, let's go to have a coffee. I thought it's a coffee. Yeah. And then they then we had some soup that uh-huh. they love to eat, like, you know, the cow soup. And they asked me, like, very tricky questions. That Do I like chapati? Chapati is like um, the delicious bread, you know. Is it, Yeah. Hmm. And I said, yes, I love. And do I love, like, and other very, very um, delicious things that the Tanzanians eat in the mornings, like mm-hmm. mandasi and chapati. And I always said, yes, yes, yes. And then <laughs> they said, you will not have these if you come to, oh. to Savannah. Huh. Yeah, but I said, it's okay. But yeah, they improved me. And then it was the second day. Huh. The older man said that he, I, I can come to live with his third wife. And I uh-huh. said, yes, I would love to. And then we went there and I, I didn't come back anymore. Wow. I stayed there. Okay, yeah. so... So what what do you think, what was their impression of you living with them, with this man's third wife? I mean, you know, was it, I mean, was it culture shock for you? Was it culture shock for them? Or were they used to it? Um, I think it was a both. I mean, they were not used to it because the area where I was, mm-hmm. it, it's really out of any tourist area mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there was no other people never mm-hmm. and also no Tanzanians no Tanzanians go there like other than Masa because they live very very remote area mm-hmm. we have to go there by boat by bus by motorcycle it's in the middle of Savannah so it's a very 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 remote location so there were even children who had never seen like a my color or uh-huh. foreigner and uh-huh. you know it, it's very remote place so I think but actually it was very easy because we were in a kind of the same level. It was new to them. It was new to me. Mm-hmm. And then mm. I have this attitude because I have always been so open-minded. So I ate the same food. Mm-hmm. I shared their house. We slept all the women on the same bed, on the cow skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and for my, atti- uh, my attitude was right from the first day to help the women. So I studied to wash the dishes. I, I couldn't speak more language at that moment. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking I have to just help them and do the chores, you know, chores yeah, together, the daily tasks. Uh-huh. Yeah, so then they will accept me. Or they accepted me, but I wanted to 
be on the same level more. Right. So I think that helped because the woman said, oh, I, I want to live with Anina. No, I want to live with her because they know that I will help them oh, <laughs> in a way. That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's get to it. You are the founder of VisitNatives.com. So can you tell me what Visit Natives is about and why you created it? Yes, then I, from the Africa, I came back, I finished my studies, mm-hmm. and I, I worked as a researcher in an office, in an mm-hmm. um, immigration service, but I felt so, um, I felt like I cannot do what I want to do. Mm. I felt, you know, in the, my place is not in the office, I need to get to the field. Mm-hmm. And I decided that as an African researcher living in Finland, mm-hmm. there will never be many <laughs> jobs. Mm-hmm openings for me so I have to make it by myself so then I had this idea I will do the uh, indigenous sustainable indigenous tourism because I really think when I travel Mm -hmm. I would like to have this kind of experiences I would like to go to South America to live some indigenous family Mm -hmm. just stay for one week two weeks Mm -hmm. but it's impossible if you don't have the connections right yeah so the idea came from there. So with Visit Natives, people can just go and have the adventure and immersive experience of a lifetime because I have used all my connections and times to build these connections with the indigenous communities. Okay. And so what is sustainable indigenous tourism? Yes, well, sustainable indigenous tourism is first, I mean, there are two concepts, sustainable mm-hmm. tourism and the other concept is indigenous tourism. But okay. we can combine them because this uh, fills them both. Mm-hmm. So indigenous tourism is something that is 100% controlled and managed by the indigenous people. Mm. So in Visit Natives case is that I contact the communities who make their products, the travel experiences, they will price them. I mean, my role is only to market. Market. Mm-hmm. And I take the 30% or we take some a similar percentage of the package mm-hmm. that is above the amount that the indigenous families ask for. Okay. So it has to be totally run by the indigenous community. Oh. And uh, this, because normally in tourism, um, there it can be like untrusted lands of the indigenous people, but they're mm-hmm. not benefiting. They're not even having a decision. Do they want to have tourism in their areas? Right. So... This gives the voice and control uh-huh. to the indigenous communities in tourism. Uh-huh. Um, sustainability is like we don't use, uh, we might have like two arrival and last night in the hotel mm-hmm. because of the travel flight schedules, but we always sleep in normal houses or in tents. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is as sustainable as it can be. Mm. Travel is never sustainable. And I'd never even urge people to travel because in this crisis of climate change Mm -hmm. that is so visible in indigenous um, lives. Uh, I mean, even traveling makes me feel bad, Mm. but I think that small changes like do only trips that you dream for. Mm -hmm. Less is better, stay Mm -hmm. longer, choose sustainable. So this is the sustainable tourism that I'm um, supporting. Mm. Okay, thank you for that. So I went on your website and I read this quote from your site. When you travel with us, you can leave more than just a footprint behind while having an unforgettable time exploring new cultures and ways of life. We are a social enterprise whose primary mission is to make tourism sustainable, fair, and ethical for the indigenous people in an extraordinary, meaningful, and authentic for you. 
Why do you think it's so important to learn about Indigenous people and their culture? Yeah, I think like right now in mm -hmm. this crisis of climate change, a loss of biodiversity, we really, really have to think about nature. Mm. Um, what I have learned in my personal life is the unique bond, bond that Indigenous people have with nature. Mm -hmm. That is so much for us to learn because if we understand that we are part of nature we mm -hmm. protect something that is so important to us right. if our let's say our all our livelihood comes from the nature we wouldn't destroy it right so yeah, for sure that's the biggest lesson and i can learn it every day and when the travelers go there they really see it by their own eyes mm -hmm. so it's it's really good also like educational experience yeah yeah, yeah it totally is and you know for me, I mean, I've, I travel quite a bit, but I've never had that experience of actually living with uh, in a community or, or with a family. Um, but I am like, you know, I'm always curious because, you know, I there was a time like when I was younger, when I was in my 20s, when I traveled with another friend and we actually lived with one family um, in a part of France, I don't remember where, and we lived with them for a week, and it was amazing. I had such an amazing time because I really learned about their way of, you know, of living and thinking, and and everything was community based, which I loved. Um, you know, it it like they had their extended family, and then they had some friends, and it was really like you know, it was definitely different from what I've experienced. So I just remember that as you were talking, and I'm like, I haven't that had, had that experience since then. So this is really something mm -hmm. different. Um, so what was your aha moment when you thought, you know, you needed to create Visit Natives? Well, the, I think it was very clear for me. I was um, working as a researcher, as I told, in the mm -hmm. Migration Service, and I. Mm -hmm. um, it was just getting too overwhelming for me I mean I realized that I cannot do nine-to-five work mm -hmm. it was also I was so stressed I was not feeling good and you know this is very I mean it's getting very common in our culture mm -hmm. that you get burned out mm -hmm. and yes I think it happened to me and I just realized um, I can do. I didn't have a joy anymore, hmm. the work joy. You know why I woke up and go there, and I feel like I can't control my life. Yeah. So then I decided I wanna, I wanna make something that makes me happy when I wake up. I uh -huh. have no stress. Of course, life is always. You have, of course, some kind of. I mean, it's not like every day is happy day, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. Uh, I wanted to create something that. I can say that I'm happy that I'm doing this and I feel good. So that was the point that it was very, very meaningful for me. Also, it was a big step yeah. because I started to be a so like a solo female entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I was I had this not a pressure, but of course, it's a pressure when you started. You mm -hmm. have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. You can have a beautiful idea, but you have to make the financially possible. Right. It, make it. Yeah. So you have to make money, let's say, right. straight. So. That's the challenge, but yeah. it was the best choice of my life. Wow. And how were you able to um, get your, I guess, your marketing together or, or assemble the team that you wanted in order to make this happen? Did you have to, I think did you have to go through yeah. a, a grant or, or a loan? 
Mm, I have no loan. I had a grant. Okay. Yes. And okay. then I think I didn't buy much services. I'm a woman who learns everything by myself in a mm. good and bad way. I mm. mean, because I, I, I started to learn everything when I started the company, the website design, oh, wow. um, <laughs> you know, bookkeeping, marketing. I mean, can you imagine how many aspects this yeah. have? And I, I just took some courses online. I went to start, you know, uh-huh. I just decided that I can do this. Uh-huh. And I'm quite proud. I'm proud that I did. Of course, yeah. somebody else could do it better, like <laughs> buying these services from professionals. Yeah. But then it's a part of um, it's the way how you when you start something, you just have to learn and go straight. And it gives you also self-esteem because yeah. you feel I can really do this. Right. Right. And and I love your site. I think it's so powerful. Um so, Anina, of those you have met in your travels, can you tell me of someone or people who have made an impact on you? Yeah, it's so because I normally I don't see my customers so much mm-hmm. because, if, for example, if they book a stay, we just send uh, exchange some emails mm-hmm. mainly. So I don't see them. Maybe mm-hmm. I see some pictures from our host they send me. So sometimes I don't have that kind of connection with all my customers. But mm-hmm. in some uh, group trips, I escort the groups mm-hmm. and then I can really stay with the customers for a longer time. Or if I'm there, I can meet them. But I have some moments when... When I first, I was thinking that mm-hmm. this helps indigenous communities, but my customers told me, Anina, no, this is not only that we are helping the indigenous communities, they are helping us. Mm, they are changing yeah. our way of life. They change all. Our, I mean, it's so big experience mm-hmm. that it can change your life. Mm-hmm. And for me, it also happened, but it was so, so many years ago in Africa that I, I didn't remember that this changed my whole life as well. Right, yeah. So wow. it can still happen in a one week's day. And it was so lovely. I have so many customers who have come back like three times. I'm seriously, I'm, I mean, it's quite common that our customers come back mm-hmm. and wow. they have these, I always say they live as a relatives because we do so small scale tourism that nobody is tired of this tourism. It's not um, like, oh, again, we have customers yeah. or no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, might happen if you have a big hotel you you cannot be so excited every time if it's every day every right, day right but i mean the host we are changing changing the families sometimes and mm-hmm. communities and they are really waiting for the guests like mm-hmm. now in tanzania mm-hmm. they are going people in end of this end of april and they are already sending me oh anina we are, we are gonna cook this oh. and then we're gonna do this and i feel like it's like a relative visit that like we are yeah. already thinking about we're gonna cook and uh, and my heart is like i feel so good because this is exactly um how i would like to be if i go to visit some you know some family that i don't know wow and what about the community what about the indigenous communities of the ones that you've met over the years i mean which ones has made an impact on you uh, mainly in Tanzania, I work with the area that I live myself because mm-hmm. I have so, I call them my relatives. So mm-hmm. I have, and there are a lot of, it's like a big, big communities, but uh-huh. also in other areas uh-huh. in, um, where are these big national parks, because sometimes our customers want to experience the safaris as well. Mm-hmm. And in Norway, I work with this um, one Sami family, but if we are overbooked or if we have something more, there are still their family members because they heard the reindeer in Sida, so they they are other brothers and sisters and and but mm. I like the idea that we are very small scale 
yeah. tourism. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a, I, I would think it's, it's a much, I don't know, it's a much, um, not larger experience, but it's a more impactful experience if you don't have too many people, I would think, because they learn, yeah. they really learn to be with the community and not just visit, you know, they become part of the community, which is pretty, which is mm. pretty amazing. Um, okay, so who would you credit for where you are now? Mm, how good question. Uh, my mom, my parents, mm-hmm. because I feel they have always supported me. I, I mean, imagine somebody telling you, oh, I want to study African studies from <laughs> Finland, the Scandinavian country. I mean, somebody could say, come on, choose something more real- realistic. Or They have never said no to any of my idea. I left to live to Italy when I was 17. Oh, wow. I went to, you know, my dream job at such that time was picking um what i say picking tomatoes in <laughs> india you know i have always been like a little bit i don't know mm. how I, but curious and open-minded i started traveling when alone when i was 16 mm. and my parents have always supported me mm-hmm. so no i i think they gave me um the green light to do what i felt so strong inside of me it was not like i was um, I, I mean, it's something that I have had always. And if I yeah. don't follow this passion, I cannot be happy. Right. And I think my parents saw it yeah. when I was a child. Ah. And still, I have the best uh, conversation with my mom because she really knows me. And if I have some bad day or good day and she she knows me so well that I feel so connected and then I understand, oh, yeah, this is how it was meant to be. And so absolutely, I credit them for everything. I I think it's so awesome that you've been traveling, you know, since you said 16, 17. And, and you basically have been a one, I mean, a wanderer, right? You've basically been traveling and, and, and really experiencing different cultures throughout your, your growing up and, and now as an adult. So I think it those travels. Do you think those travels that you did when you were younger um, kind of led you to where you are now, or or exposed you enough that you said this is this is what I really want to do? Yeah, absolutely. And the, I think the when I was how old I was fourteen, I told my mom I will do the exchange student program uh-huh, for uh-huh. sure for one year. Right, and I was they couldn't say no because I, I, I decided it. <laughs> and then I went to Italy for one year. And I think it started there because I, I, I lived in an Italian family. They still are, our, mm. you know, I always go there back still. They are wow. my Italian family. So I, I love it. My parents have been there. And so we have like now Italian family members in our family. That's yeah. so cool. So, yeah, and that's why I got this feeling that I have another family. I have my Italian uncle, my Italian auntie, and then I said, this is the way I want to experience living. Yeah. Because, you know, get inside. I never, I never sleep in a hotel. So if I do, it's because I have to. Mm. But hotel doesn't mean anything to me because you are just in a cozy bed. All the rooms look similar mm-hmm. wherever you are. You even mm-hmm. not, don't know the country you are, and I, it's so cold and so empty. I want to go to families to mm-hmm. live in a. You know, I really need to be with the people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I understand hotels have their function. Yes. And but for me, holiday is um, this kind of homestays and community-based tourism. And I think the roots started when I was young, as you said. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Okay, so can you mention a time when you thought you needed to do this and and that could affect your life and others? Mm, I think it was the moment um, when I quit the job and I remember I was sitting on my kitchen table thinking what I'm gonna what is the big idea what is the thing I start to do now as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and then it just came to my head Mm -hmm. like uh, I don't know you know I just got the idea and then I knew oh it's this one Mm -hmm. but it was not easy I mean the road that I'm now here it took so much work it was very very but I think nothing good comes easily and the journey has been beautiful Mm -hmm. up and downs but when you believe in something you just go through it, even Uh, if you have those difficult moments sometimes. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so going forward, is there something you haven't yet done that you would like to accomplish? Very good question. I think there are so many things, you know, I'm passionate about languages. Mm -hmm. So um, I would like to fluently learn some other languages Ah. and stay in some communities. So this is absolutely my dream to go um, I don't know, is it Hatsabe hunter-gatherers or mm. Himbas in Namibia, but I would like to have another time of six six months to one year to go to live with the indigenous community, cut every communication to the to other places, just to have this experience again, to really put myself there. I, I think that is, that is something that I really still want to do. Mm-hmm. It's something that I have done already, but in the new location. Yeah. And what are your goals for Visit Natives? Well, the goal is that we scale to more destinations Mm -hmm. and we can be like, we can show that indigenous tourism is possible. And I would like to show the future of tourism because it cannot continue the way it is right now Mm -hmm. and find the way to travel, make the traveling possible uh, in this way. And, and then also to you can at the same time try to combat climate change because we do the education as well. I know you it sounds crazy traveling and, mm. you know, because it's not good. But I think we always have to be a little bit crazy to find the new solutions. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I, I hope that we can scale to new continents also. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, and so where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, I see myself... Um, I think I'm, I um, we like I do what I do right now, but maybe in the new des- new countries, maybe visit natives have scaled to new con- um, new destinations, and I can be traveling there and living this my dream that I don't have to be located geographically somewhere because I have to go to work at nine o'clock. Mm. So yeah. Just to be as I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit like artist spirit. Uh-huh. I have to be free. My right. my soul have to be free. I have to be <laughs> free. So I just <laughs> crave even more freedom, and yeah, oh, to it. do the things that that I want really to do. My yeah. passion tells me. Okay, um, so Anina, if anyone wanted to know more about you and visit natives, how would go? How would they go about it? Yeah, you can visit the website, mm-hmm. visitnatives.com, or other good places, go to check my Instagram. I mean, I have an Instagram account called The Anthropologist Traveler. That is my where I share my personal uh, travel picture stories. I like to produce content, mm-hmm. like telling the uh, anthropological sites as uh, insights. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that you can learn about me. But and also visit natives is on Instagram. You can see pictures from the indigenous um, 
people, communities. So I think the Instagram is nice because you see the visuals, you get the pictures. Mm -hmm. Okay. And is there anything you'd like to say to my listeners? I would like to say that don't wait too long if you have a dream Mm. um, because nobody's guaranteed for tomorrow. I have learned it in a hard way as as well. So just chase your dream and uh, be in a, I mean, it's very important to be happy and positive about life Mm -hmm. and, and do what you love. Okay. If you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? Uh, studied earlier. Really? Uh, I think I, I, I don't think I lost time, mm-hmm. but if I would see my, if I, if I could understood everything earlier, mm-hmm. I would have started even five, six years earlier than I did. Yeah. But I mean, I, I wonder though, if you had done that, you know, would you have come to the same place or would, it would probably would have taken you, you know, a little longer. Right. But I mean, I think mm. the way you did it and actually experiencing your travels the way you have been, I think, you know, got you to where you are, right? It's true. And I like the uh, idea of getting older because you get wiser mm. and the exper- you need to have life experience. So yes. I think you're right. Like five years earlier, maybe I was not there mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And my last question, Anina, is if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I would say, uh, like, don't worry too much. Just mm-hmm. believe that everything you have planned will happen in a way or another that it's supposed to be. Just don't waste time be worrying in mm-hmm. those moments when you are insecure. Yeah. Well, Anina, thank you so much for, for sharing your life and your work with us. And um, I really, you know, I, I love your site and I love what you're doing for um, tourism, especially for the indigenous communities. So I wish you so much luck and I do hope that you know it, you you scale and you, you that your your numbers and, and also um, the number of, of countries that you get to um, to to spread into that I think that's really amazing. I think it would be so cool to see it in different um, in different countries as well, um, not just in Africa, but, you know, in the different, um, I guess, continents. And uh, so, you know, I really appreciate you, you know, telling me about or telling us about sustainable tourism, indigenous tourism, because it's so important, especially nowadays. Um, So, you know, if there's anything else, you know, please keep me posted. And I really appreciate that you're doing this um, because it's it's really you know it's it's a different way of travel right it's a different way of just going from one place to another and not really you know you make lasting memories when you when you live with these communities so that I, I think that's amazing I thank you as well it was my pleasure and I really enjoyed every second talking to you oh and thank you yeah. thank All right. you so much well have a good day and I'll talk to you soon Okay. Yeah, thank you. Bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Anina Sandberg on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Women. You can listen to Revolutionary Women on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. 
all proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman. 